Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tales of Recovery. Thank you for listening. My name is Gris Alves, and I'm really excited today. I'm about to cry, actually, <laughs> because um, my guest this morning, Golden Drake, is a beautiful, beautiful soul who just um, is so empowering with her story of recovery, of healing, of death into the darkness of the soul and coming around to really, really show the beauty of life, um, the preciousness of life, regardless of what life throws at us. Mm. So um, welcome. Welcome, Thank Golden. <laughs> Thank you for coming over and sharing your story. Um, we just said a beautiful thing right now about how this is your medicine to the world. Mm. So hopefully this is healing for y'all listening. And let's get started. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Tell us. <laughs> tell us everything. Tell us How everything. Uh, first of all, I'm just so honored to be here, and <clears throat> I love how spirit works. In that, um, we have a common love, beloved soul between us that connected us, and I just want to honor that. And um, getting to meet you last week was really special for me to be able to drop in right into the center with you immediately. Yeah. I always appreciate human beings that are able and willing to just go right into the core right away without having to like dance around on the edges. So there's no time for that. <laughs> and nobody had time for yeah, dancing. Totally. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So um you're recovering from many things, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. But the main one that I've seen um, by following you on Instagram and by Alita's story is the embodiment of who you really are. As a woman, as a mm -hmm. human, um, even though you've had... So you were diagnosed with breast cancer, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And um, on the other side of that, um, do you find your... Well, I want, us to, I want you, I guess, to tell us, like, how you have... Of course, nobody wants to get cancer, right? No. But how would you have... Trend, like, what is your outcome mm. as a divine being yeah. through this? And tell us about maybe how it was diagnosed, how it went down. Okay. Well, it's interesting because when I heard you say that I'm recovering from a lot of things, that really um, activated inside of me that... I'm pretty much recovering from being a human being on this planet. <laughs> yes. And we all, well, we're all just yes. doing our best with being a human. And for me, I realized that cancer was this um, crescendo moment of a lifetime of doing my best with trying to figure out how to be a human. And mm. there's so many hazards to coming into a human body on this planet at this time. And this planet is very out of balance. Mm. Um, the human race is very out of balance. Yeah. Um, we're all living under regimes and oppressive systems that are intentionally designed to have us sick and dumb and disassociated and... Asleep. Asleep, not in our power. Mm -hmm. And so as a young person... I, you know, came into this body and into life circumstances where I didn't know that I was a divine being having a human experience. And so... Well, nobody tells you that when you're no. young. No. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess some 
some people are lucky enough where they're born into that consciousness and they get yeah. that download, but you and me, we didn't get the download. No. <laughs> um, and so my life was pretty much navigate, fumbling around in the darkness and yeah. not having a sense of self, not having a sense of my true identity, not even knowing what self-love was. And so for a long time in my life, in my early life, I um, had a lot of destructive habits because I wasn't aware uh, that I was even worthy of being treated with love and um, or just, just who I am and what I'm here for. Mm. And so life just builds upon itself, especially when you have core wounds as a young person and we're taught in the society that strategies to cope with wounds are to numb out Mm -hmm. or to pretend they don't exist or to press on anyways because that's the masculine patriarchal way Mm -hmm. um there's no time for introspection there's no time for that going inward healing awakening and then living from that space and then when you do most people think you're insane so the world's not set up for us to be awakened and empowered at this time. And I, I believe that's why we've come into these bodies at this time, because we are catalyzing a new paradigm. Yes. We yes. are midwifing the end of the old way and the entrance of the new way, and it's a messy, chaotic time. So I've been going through my own awakening for years now, um, and it's like peeling back the layers of the onion and... I had this moment many years ago where I, in sacred ceremony, my only intention was just to be in truth. And I think that was kind of the catalyzing moment in my life where life started to fall apart in a very significant way at that time. And, you know, years have gone by and there's been this unraveling and this unraveling and this chaos in my life and nothing made sense. And then cancer came along to mm-hmm. kind of like kick it all into full throttle. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, nobody wants to be diagnosed with a life-threatening disease. And as it worked out for me, um, my father was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer last year, um, just a couple weeks before his 79th birthday. And he only made it a month and a half after that. And so my daughter and I were taking trips up to care for him in his final days. And just as the life would have it, I was diagnosed with breast cancer the day after my father passed. Um, And so in that moment, it was just like the bottom fell out. My whole entire reality completely unraveled and... I was in that space of chaos and um, confusion and shock and disbelief. Like, how could how could life be so cruel? Like, oh. how how do you pile trauma on top trauma on top of trauma? Because right. my dad's diagnosis was on top of a couple years of really intense life circumstances that I was going through as a single mom. I was already in a state of I'm maxed out on stress and I couldn't possibly take another iota of stress. And then life was just like, let me just give you the grand slam. Let's see. Let's see. (laughs) 
Let's see what you're made of. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. So, last, this past year was a year of survival. And it was a year of being thrust into the center of my darkness, the center of my shadow, the center of fear. And it was a sink or swim moment where I could have easily been swallowed whole by fear and trauma and the br- just the brutal treatments themselves. The, the medical treatments? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you chose to do chemotherapy, I, right? Yeah, I chose... Well, there, just that little bubble of the story is... Um, <clears throat> when I was first diagnosed, I just so people get a context of who I am, I'm that person who have really committed my life to natural healing ways, whole body perspective, um, working with plants, working with all the natural medicine that's available to us on the planet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I was diagnosed, I figured I'd I'd get the lumpectomy and I'd do everything else naturally. Um, Because when my dad was diagnosed, I was doing all this research and I came across this information about chemo and radiation and whatnot and how freaking poisonous and destructive it is. And I was, in my mind, I didn't know that I was about to be diagnosed, but I was like, oh my God, I would never, ever, ever, (laughs) ever. (laughs) And, you know, just there was my diagnosis. And so initially I thought, okay, I'll do the lumpectomy and then I'll handle everything else holistically. And then they did a biopsy and they did pathology on my tu- on the, the tumor in my breast. And um, they said, well, you have triple negative tumor inside of you and it's invasive ductal carcinoma and it's already spread, it's already outside of the duct. <clears throat> By the grace of God, it wasn't in my lymph. So they said it hadn't spread through my body. Mm. Um, but given the type of cancer that it was, it was the highest grade of aggressiveness for a rare and aggressive type of cancer. So that being said, my oncologist, I had already made it clear to him, my stance was absolutely not. I am not going to do your freaking chemo. I'm not doing your radiation. I'm open to the surgery and that's about it. Yeah. And so he just looked at me in the eyes and he was like, listen... I'd be willing to have this conversation with you if you had a different diagnosis, but you're a young single mom, and my question to you is, do you want to live through this or not? Wow. Yeah. Um, And so that just shook me to my core, and I, you know, the kind of person that I am, I did tons of research out there looking and searching for any alternatives that... I could root into and feel secure about. Um, And the devastating thing for us humans on the planet is at this point in the game, all the funding and research is done by, you know, pharmaceutical industries. And so they have all the data and the stats to make you believe that their way is the most effective and the the most secure. Unfortunately, 
there isn't a ton of data and statistical evidence for the efficacy of our holistic remedies out there. And um, I, I did my due diligence in research, and when it came down to it, I'm like, I am a young single mom. Right. And I'm scared to roll the dice on these other modalities that my body, mind, spirit, soul all resonate with and call to me. Mm-hmm. So it was that impossible decision of like, here I am, this woman who birthed naturally. I didn't vaccinate my kids. Like, that's who I am. I mm-hmm. eat organically. I'm a vegan. Like, mm-hmm. that's my whole life. And so to be faced with this impossible choice of like, oh my God, I'm about to choose to do this thing that is so far outside of my comfort zone. And you know, I even have my oncologist telling me, because I was like, be straight up with me. What, what are the potential outcomes of me doing your chemo? Because he was telling me the type of cancer that is in your body, I have to choose some of the most harsh chemo available. Hmm. And so some of my potential side effects, quotation marks, were death, heart attack, leukemia, um, advanced grade tumors coming later on. Um, this is doing the chemo? Doing the chemo. Oh, those were the... Uh, yeah, because I was like, be straight up with me. Tell me comforting. what I'm facing. If I choose your, your drugs, what, what could happen to me? <clears throat> and, um, and that was some of the... I mean, there's many, 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 many effects of those drugs, and I'm now experiencing the effects of them in my body, living now with debilitating chronic pain that feels like arthritis head to toe. Mm-hmm. But here I am, and I'm in my body. Right. So I chose the integrative approach, and I, and I got four opinions, honestly, and I got them from even an integrative oncologist said, you know what, I'd go with what he's saying to do. And he was like, do your prayers, do your meditation, do your yoga, do your diet, do all of your modalities along with this. And get the chemo, yeah. So I freaking did it, and... Um, even after my very first dose of chemo, I had an adverse reaction, and I literally thought that night that I was going to die because mm. my body was having such an adverse response. Um, I was going into convulsions. My heart felt like I was going to have a heart attack. I was sweating. I couldn't think clearly. I mean, I had been dosed with hard three mm. hardcore poisons. And your body was so my pure. Body, yeah. yeah, my body was so pure. Mm-hmm. It didn't know what to do. Um, Were you in the hospital when this happened? or At that point, I they dosed me, and then they send you home. Oh. So I was at home in my bed, and in my head, I was thinking that I was going to be rushed in an ambulance to the hospital, and I was going to die there. Mm-hmm. I had this vision. And it was interesting, because when I was having that moment, all of life, like, when your life is on when you feel the spirit of death right there by your side and you feel like you're going to about to die um and I had never felt that way in my life everything distilled down to it was like mm-hmm. passing through this tunnel of it's life or death right now and all I could anchor into was my breath mm-hmm. And I was being shown and guided to take an inhale. 
exhale. And this went on through this process of not sure if I was going to make it. And there was an inner guidance that was showing me all you have right now is breath. Your breath. And so I was thinking afterwards, like, damn, I'm so lucky that I had my yogic practices and my pranayama because it did come down to can you get still and clear enough to at least connect to a conscious breath and the breath was the portal through to not lose it in a panic attack to not lose it yeah Mm. and it showed me you know you read your spiritual texts and you study the yogis and you study the masters and the sages and the saints and they all talk about the power of the breath and um when it comes all the way down to, am I going to stay in this body or not? You realize that for us human beings, the breath truly is the bridge and... The breath is the bridge. It is. It comes down to that. Like beyond food, beyond water, beyond anything. If you can come back to conscious breath, it'll get you through it. The breath will get you through anything. And so that's why pranayama, the the scientific modality in in the yoga world of conscious breathing, um, there's all these breathwork practices that can get us through any circumstance. Yeah. But, I mean, I really got shown under fire. Like, the breath helped me stay sane and live through that, that moment. And then... Throughout the year, I continued doing the chemo. I did surgeries. I ended up getting a freaking blood clot that was life-threatening. Due to the medicine? or Due to... I had the bilateral mastectomy. And then um, resting in that period, somehow I developed a blood clot that was from my knee to my abdomen. Mm. And so my whole left leg developed a state of deep... uh, They call it deep thrombic, uh, I don't even know, remember what it's called. It's thrombosis of all of the veins in the leg. Um, and so I was rushed to the emergency room at that point, and I was told that this could be life or death. And I underwent a week of daily surgeries. I was highly drugged. Um, my life was on the line. And again, I was... I received very, very specific, clear inner guidance at that time where something inside of me, which I believe is, you know, divine source that animates me, you, all that is, Mm -hmm. I was completely tapped into it and it showed me, close your eyes and envision yourself dancing. I'm a dancer, right? Right. So (laughs) it was... See yourself in the thriving... The subtext was see yourself in the thriving state that you want to have as an outcome to being here in a life or death circumstance. Because yeah. I could either live or die in that hospital. Right. And for me, dying wasn't an option. Yeah. I was not going to die. Especially, I'm like, cancer... I'm going to with cancer. I'm not going to have a fucking blood clot taking out. Can I cuss on <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, it's okay, fine. Okay, sorry about that. This is okay to cuss okay. on this one. <laughs> um... But I was like, there is no way I'm going down in this hospital from a blood clot. It's not happening. So for a week, I closed my eyes 
I listen to my really specific music and I envisioned my soul dancing. It was interesting because I kept trying to conjure an image of my me, this this me, this body mm-hmm. me that I'm call me dancing, and I couldn't get it. Hmm. And the image that I kept seeing was it was almost like a winged creature that was iridescent and glowing and moving. Um, and anybody who's had a psychedelic experience, perhaps you've seen these almost light trail type orbish moving object and I was shown that's my soul that's me I'm not this body that's me and I kept seeing that dancing they kept showing me that I didn't see the golden drape thing dancing I saw this energy moving and it was the most beautiful it was imagine like a slow motion butterfly that didn't have any edges it was just trails of colors and I just held on to that image and you know so the medicine they were pumping into me to break up the clot didn't work my body rejected it and that they were hoping that would work and so they said your body's rejecting this we have to do it surgically so they removed this gigantic clot from me surgically And, you know, a week had passed, and here I am, like, here's the vision. I was bald from chemo. I was breastless from surgery. My whole left leg was swollen like the elephant man. I was laying in a hospital bed, not allowed to move because there was a machine in my leg. I was being drugged and measured every couple hours by the nurses. And I was just, it was just like... I was freaking shredded. Yeah. I was not, I did not re- even resemble what you're looking at today. I, I, it was, I looked in the mirror, I was like, damn. But the moment when they said, we got the clot out, now you need to rest. But the moment when they allowed me to stand up from the hospital bed mm. it was the most epic moment of my life. Yeah, and um, there was a window in my room and the sun had been beaming in that morning and the sun was calling me over to the window and the sun said, come over here. And um, once I had gotten permission from the nurses to move around on my own, I slowly got up from the hospital bed and I just shuffled like a very old person over to the window. Mm. I just presented my body to the sun. And um, in my head, I was being shown, or my heart inside, I was being shown, this is a sun salutation. Mm. You think you're a yogi? This is a sun salutation. You open your heart to the sun and you give thanks for this moment. And I felt my body doing the most subtle movements, the most sacred dance I had ever done in my whole life. And I just wept and I felt the sun connecting into my heart. And I was just like, holy shit, I'm alive. Yeah. 
I'm alive and that's enough. I don't care that I'm freaking bald and breastless and can barely move, but I'm alive. And I'm here to witness that this is a sacred experience. Life. Life. Life is a sacred experience. Where before I was diagnosed, I hate to admit this and I'm ashamed to admit it, but I would say I hate life. And I would sometimes think like, I can't do it. I can't manage. It's too much. Right. Um, and by the grace of God, I stayed in my body. You know, I would never take my life. Um, but there were moments where I was just like, fuck you, God. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, it was like, oh my God. Oh my God, even the gnarliest, worst, most horrific experience, I'm in a body to experience it. And I was just shown that, like you said, it's the preciousness of life. It's not that life is short, but life is precious. And we're these infinite souls that enter these finite bodies. That feel and give and touch and receive love. It's insane. Yeah. And... I was shown through experience that all the things the sages and the saints say and all the Vedas and all the sacred texts that you find around the planet talk about how we are infinite beings of light. We come from a place of sublime, eternal, indestructible light, love, bliss. Right. Then... Our wild and crazy souls contract into the earth realm of finite reality where you pick up a body and eventually you drop it. We lose sight of that. We lose, well, yeah, it's, I call it divine forgetfulness. We, <laughs> it's a game of hide and seek with yeah. our eternal self. Wow, that's a good way to put it. And we come under the spell when we come through the birth canal of mm. this is real. None of this is real. Yeah. It's all an illusion. Temporary. Yep. And so we come in and we're like, damn, this dualistic realm is freaking painful. Yeah. It hurts here. (laughs) And if we don't have the tools and if we don't have the context of who we are, we get lost in a sea of numbing, self-destruction, chaos, overwhelm. Escapism. Escapism. Mm -hmm. And it really drives the point home for me that those of us that have struggled with addiction Mm -hmm. or abuse of substances or whatever our fix is to pull us out of the intensity of the moment, whether it's whipping out your phone or having sex or eating that pizza or drinking that drink or fucking Mm -hmm. shooting up or snorting Mm -hmm. that or or smoking that or shopping or... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is. We all do it. We all do, we it. All do yeah. it. In millions of ways. <clears throat> Whatever those things are, those are the things that show us that we're actually spiritual seekers. Like addicts mm. and people who abuse substances are spiritual seekers who are barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. We are devoted We are devotees of seeking out that sublime bliss that deep in our core, we know we are that. Yeah. 
But here we are in this world where we were abused. You know, Mm. we experienced trauma. Maybe it's poverty. Maybe we're malnourished. Maybe we lost our job. Maybe somebody dumped us. Whatever the freaking pain or tragedy is. There's also a lot of social conditioning and programming through different whatever religion you were born into or whatever political system you're in or whatever culture you're in. So it's so many aspects that we have to break through to... Yeah. There's program on top of program <clears throat> on top of program that tells you you're this little insignificant person that must mm. suffer through life like the rest of them. Yeah. And, mm. yeah, we get it indoctrination from media, School, the public education system. I mean, every... Or the private one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Whatever right. agenda you're in, right? It's right. Like, and yeah. any system that is not about empowering you to be the liberated being that you actually are is a system that's meant to oppress and control you. Yeah. And it's a system that wants you disempowered because you're a resource for them. So, you know, it's like now I'm, I'm in this human body and, um, and I'm having an awakening and it's been happening for years, but I mean, cancer is a thing, freaking slammed it on home for me. And, and now I'm like, my whole life is a devoted service to helping people navigate the earth realm and having context is everything so I look around and I see all of us struggling and 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 I don't have judgment I'm just I have compassion because I get it yeah I I go through the same thing yeah yeah and it's just I mean having your perspective and like I don't know. And this is why this is why this podcast is happening, right? Yeah. People can listen in and um because I, I, I get so like this cringe feeling when people are like, Oh well, I'm so grateful it didn't happen to me. I'm so grateful that's over there. Yeah. I'm so grateful that's over there. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. That's not the point. The point is, do you need to wait for that to happen before you dive deep into the in like the delicate pain or the soul or whatever is happening in you without because I think escapism can also be turned into, well, I'm so grateful it's not me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's for them because they're the addicts. That's yeah. for them because, well, you know, we just got a little ahead of you, of you to discover this. But I think the work you're doing and coming in here and sharing is allowing this, this, this struggle to, to, to show others, look, you don't need to wait to get a diagnosis or to get, you know, be all addicted. But right now, can you notice what's holding you back does that yeah. make sense like um, totally like deprogram and well, realize like what the f- right and when i hear you say that i think that that mentality is part of the separatist program where yeah. someone could look at me and go damn well that's not me but guess what you are me and i'm you and so anything that you go through i'm actually experiencing that you and me are the same exact thing, yeah. but in this realm, it looks like you end where your skin ends, and I, I end where mine is, so I can look right. at you and go, you're you, I'm me, you're suffering, and I'm not, and thank yeah. God I'm not, yeah. but 
We are all One. of the same essence yeah. having an experience through different three-dimensional bodies. Yeah. And, and that's so, hard for people to understand in general. Um, I think it takes so much work to get to even sensing what you're talking about. You know, only, I mean, that's deep work of the soul, walking through the sorrow, grief mm. work, pain, to get to the side of what you're experiencing right now. You know, and I think even, like, most people listen to this, or friends are like, well, yeah, it's because y'all, mm. here's here's the secret, which isn't really a secret, but we think it is. Mm-hmm. We're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Whether we get sick or not, it's coming. So... And it's not to be like brutally like, well, we're dying, figure No, no, no. It's since you know you're going to die, the more you prepare for that death, the better you live now. Right. Right? Yeah. The awareness of that being sacred. I mean, you were on the deathbed. Yeah. Well, you got there faster. But may this be of benefit to somebody who's not there to notice, to reach out to you and ask you, hey, Golden, how could I uh, walk me through this? Or what can I do to discover that? There's more to just this duality and being separate from. And yeah. And and like you were saying, the, the, did I just cut you off? No. Okay. Go ahead. That person who sits there and says, uh, you know, that person, they're struggling with that thing because they were an addict and they chose to abuse that. And so this is what they have to go through, right? Um, people who sit in that space are also so uncomfortable with what they see because what some someone in deep pain is reflecting back to them their own fear of having that experience right Right. and so i believe underneath the root of every single fear is the fear of death and annihilation because we're so under the spell of this is real Mm. that ending this finite experience scares the shit out of us right 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 (laughs) yeah and so that's something that I want to come back to is that when we say death, we're just saying that we are exiting the three-dimensional reality. We're dropping the body. Yeah. And when I study people who have had full near-death experiences where they've actually been declared dead for a certain amount of minutes and then they go into a realm and then they come back, there's these studies of all these people that um, report what the experience is of truly dropping the body and then returning. And I heard someone say that when they drop the body and leave the third dimensional reality, it's like the feeling of taking off a shoe that was way too tight. Mm. (sighs) Relief. And we're so (laughs) attached. And I'm so attached to being human. I mean, as a single mom and I I have young, like, I mean, I have teens, but. They're still young. I'm not, I'm not trying to leave anytime soon. Trying to be here to see my kids, grandkids, great-grandkids grow up, and also to steward this planet and to help humanity. I mean, it's not just for me and my kids. It's for, I want to help as far and wide as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not ready to drop my body, but I also can now rest assured that when we do drop the body, there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to be afraid of anymore. When we can really come back into that truth of I'm entering into this three-dimensional reality and eventually I will exit back out, 
there's nothing to fear. Yeah. And it helps you live life in a totally different way. You're it, you're appreciating everything. And right? you're like, brave. You're brave. You're courageous. Yeah. You're courageous to actually yeah. live your true purpose here. Without of, pretending, without staying quiet, without agreeing with the stupid stuff just to belong, without like, yes. okay, I'm going to say yes so that you don't not include. No, 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 no. Brave for, oh my God, this experience that we get. There's no time to waste pretending and right. jumping into the baloney, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love talking to you because you get it. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. every every moment we get to shift deeper into the clarity of the awakening. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not trying. You're actually doing I'm it. I'm doing it. It's hard, you know? It's been a process. Yeah. It is not easy. It's not. Because you... It's like I think like deep down inside you've always known, right? But just yeah. all of the pain and suffering and craziness and situations you have to go through to actually be like, okay, I'm just going to go back to what I've known. I'm going yeah. to remember and rediscover. And that takes a lot of work. Oh, yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about the work. So what was the work? So this is <laughs> another thing is because people might be listening going, oh, yeah, I get it or whatever. What the hell are you talking about? So... And part of this program is like, what are the steps? Like, what mm -hmm. is the process like? Did you have a mentor? What books were you reading? Mm -hmm. Where were you doing yoga? Did you do any type of group therapy, regular therapy? Like, mm -hmm. what are the process? So somebody who's listening is like, I'm interested, but how do I do this? Yeah, there's so many aspects of the quotation marks work. Yeah. And let's see. Maybe I'll list them off and then we can go into them because yeah. I want to make sure I touch into them. Yes, having a mentor, having tools, specific tools for navigating being a human. There's tools for, like for me, I, I've had a lot of training in uh, work with two love coaches that taught me compassionate communication. Okay. And so I learned how to compassionately communicate with myself and acknowledge that all aspects of me are sacred and holy. So there's no part of me that gets disassociated, cut off, and thrown out into the shadow to never be seen again because it's some part of myself that I'm ashamed of and I won't show mm. the world or myself. That's huge. So I've done a yeah. lot of coaching around shadow work and inner child work. Those are major. And learning tools for compassionate communication and working with um, a loving mentor, guide, facilitator who will be a sacred witness to you in your fullness mm -hmm. so that there is no shame around any part of you and you feel safe on speaking on those parts of you that you hide from the world and more importantly, you hide from yourself. Wow. And so for... Uh, people who are in recovery, especially people with substance abuse challenges, there's a huge shadow that they don't want to look at. And then yeah. all the ways we numb ourselves, uh, we are avoiding these aspects of ourselves that nobody wants to face that exist within us. So I've done a ton of work on inner child shadow. And um, I'm a very strong believer that if we live in a alignment with the laws of nature 
that we can come into our fullest potential having the human experience. And so for me, that looks like, I mean, this might sound hippy-dippy to people, but (laughs) being barefoot on the earth in nature every day, every day is so important. And even if that means that you go find a patch of dirt or grass outside of your house and you take off your shoes and, and put your feet there or your root chakra connecting back in because our earth bodies are the elements of the earth yeah we are earth fire water air Mm -hmm. and ether spirit right um and so eating nourishing activating foods i am a strong proponent for raw living foods i believe in eating plant-based I know there's tons of controversy and everybody has their really strong beliefs about eating, but when you look into nature and you see that Mother Earth grows these things in abundance that not only taste delicious, but are perfect packages of nourishment for activating our Earth bodies. And when you look into society and you see processed, GMO, pesticide-laden foods... Wrapped up in plastic. Oh my God. That is part of the system of putting us back to sleep and disempowering us. Just going to straight up say it. Yeah. You know, like our waters are poisoned. Our air is poisoned. The oceans are poisoned. There's, you know, nuclear spill into our oceans. And so if we can feed our bodies as much organic, natural, whole foods as possible, we will bring about activation in our body and guess what when we eat that way we can't use foods as a way to numb out and I think almost all of us use foods as a way to escape the intensity of the world takes the edge off yeah when you eat a a big heavy home-cooked meal especially if it's part of your culture where everybody eats really heavy foods that aren't necessarily activating um put you to sleep a little bit oh a lot of it i mean people are oh well it's a good thing i'm not addicted to drugs yeah but you're addicted to food right like twinkies mcdonald's a beer every day all these things like you know what is it the obesity rate in the united states is intense yeah um but yeah we could go down now. okay let's go back yeah to you. okay let's go back to so you there's that. Um, <laughs> before i get going <laughs> i know we can we do tons of podcasts on just that. yeah um, oh you have to be there yes okay <clears throat> Um, drinking pure water yeah. every day, yeah. um, breathing, going out and finding as clean air as you possibly can. So for people who live in urban environments, that can be tricky. Um, and so we have to be really mindful about where can I go to find, isn't that crazy that I'm hike. saying this? Where can I go to find pure air? Right. Yeah. That's the world we live in. <laughs> um, <clears throat> So it's the eating, it's the hydrating, it's the breathing, it's the moving of the body. Yeah. We must move the body every day. We must also rest. Yeah. We live in a world that says, hey, you're a lazy ass and you're unproductive if you're taking a nap or if you're resting or if you say I'm not going to go to work today because I need a mental health day. You know, we're taught to feel freaking guilty about yeah. that. Yeah, to beat yourself up about it. And that's part of patriarchy. Um, And it's not healthy for us. It's not sustainable. So we must also rest. 
And we must surround ourselves with people who have our best intentions at heart and want to see us grow and expand. Yeah, and the community so, is huge. Yeah. And all the things that I'm saying are the non-numbing ways. And so that means like you're going to have a lot of uncomfortable shit coming up when you're going through this shifting process <laughs> mm-hmm. and so you know the self-care the self-care practices if it's I, I believe self-care is in every single moment but there are also specific things like do you meditate every day do you wake up and hold yourself in bed and and say your prayers or your affirmations or your intentions yeah. do you do do you stretch your body and do you make space in your body you know yeah. um I also believe in colonics and clearing out the bowels and um, juice fasting. And there's there's many, many modalities. Um, and you were doing all of these as you were... I've been doing these things for years. And I mean, I'm no perfect saint. I, I wax and wane with my consistency, with um, my practices. And more and more I'm developing... Um, consistency with it and the more that I fall in love with myself the more I know I'm deserving of these ways that's a huge shift right there when you're not doing it just to make sure you don't get sick but when you're doing it because oh my body's such a gift and I love me and I'm eating this food because my body deserves it and I want to give it to it it's such a shift in mindset I think that's the hardest thing to do is going from I should do this to I love doing this. Right. Right. Because we're not taught as young people that a reward is eating a fresh salad. We're taught a reward <laughs> is the McDonald's drive. That's what I was taught as a kid. <laughs> the cookie. Like, oh, we're going to McDonald's tonight, guys. <laughs> no, run. Like, literally, in my yeah. family, that was a big treat. Yeah. Instead of, wow, we get to eat these strawberries right yeah. now. You know? Right. And so... It's 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 rough yeah. for people to be human beings on planet Earth in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere you look, you are being shown to stay asleep. And when you choose yeah. to wake up, then you get to deal also with the world that's saying, you're nuts. What are you doing? Why are you yeah. doing these things? Why are you things? doing these things? Like, what are you talking about? Anyway. You're extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what's You're extreme? You're a hippie. <laughs> you know what's extreme is living on a toxic planet in 2018 where governments fund, instead of funding housing the homeless and feeding the starving, we're funding trillions of dollars into creating missiles and weapons to blow up thousands of innocent people. Yeah. Over time, I mean, this is not just happening today, it's been happening. And it's like, why are the powers that be funding destruction and a sleeping planet? Why aren't we being funded to be liberated and to remember that we are all one people, we are one family? If I remember that, then I would never want to hurt you. I would never draw a line in the sand and say, you have to stay over there and live Mm -hmm. over there and you have Mm -hmm. to have all Mm -hmm. of these 
um, certifications yeah. to get across the line to live over here. There's no money in that, you know. There's no money in liberating people. Right. And so it's run by money. It's a rabbit hole yeah. once you really start looking at it. And it's so overwhelming, I think. I do think it's important to go inwards and focus on you. Because if I heal, if you heal, then we're one step further in. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to go out there and, I'm going to change the world. Oh, God, right. it's so big. You know, but have an awareness that it starts with you. Yep. You know. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a it's, fractal universe. Yeah. And number one is that you are... It's interesting, the word heal kind of makes me think is is like fixing messed up to better. And like, I kind of believe the healing process is peeling back all the layers to recognize that you are already pure, holy, sacred, yeah. and whole. And so, um, that we live in a fractal universe, so as you do that, you are holding that in your being you're emanating that into the world and so everyone and everything that is around you gets to the benefit of that feel your frequency Mm -hmm. that's how you heal the world i mean you just said it all as you remember the truth of who you truly are and as you awaken to it you are actually healing the entire multiverse yeah and people notice you know people notice like what's what did she do What's going on? You know, you, you're just so free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just in, but it's also like, yeah, it's taking a lot of hard work and That's crying right. in the middle of the night and struggling yes. and therapy and retreats and counseling yeah. and coaching yeah. and yoga every damn yeah. day for yeah. years and years and years, you know, being able to come back and be, which is really what I think the human experience is. It's like remembering, remembering why, well, why it's important that um, that you that you let go of all the bullshit. Yeah. You know, and it's um, yeah. and you know it's it's if it's gonna have to happen through voices that have been through the pain, good, mm-hmm. good. You know, I mean, it's not. Um, I don't think there's any other way. There yeah. might be. You have a nice, sweet little life. There you go. But I don't really think that's the case. I think everybody has some type of inner struggle mm-hmm. that you're either easily, you know, you, you're just kind of avoid it easier or you don't. But when you're smack up with cancer or addiction or the loss of somebody, that's when you start to really think, oh my God, what's going on? Yeah. Like, why, why have I not been listening to me? There's a little deep voice down there that's always been talking. For sure. You just choose to... Not listen because yeah, or it's we're not taught appropriate. To not, we're taught to actually tune it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so everyone who goes through crucible experiences or hard times, I truly believe that our souls have created those by divine design to wake us up because they pull us outside of our comfort zone. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. It's good to be uncomfortable. Yep. We just run for comfort right away. And yes. there's moments to celebrate, of course, and to lay down and be comfortable and self-care. Yeah. But, um, and what I see you, like, in your videos and your poetry, it's like, yeah, you're good with the uncomfortable. You're good in the dark. And guess Bring what? Bring it on. I used to be that person who avoided uncomfortable stuff at yeah. all costs. Yeah. I yeah. mean... 
yeah, I mean, I, I was deep into my <laughs> addictions and abuses because reality was just too intense and yeah. I didn't know how to cope. No one teaches you, sit in the fire of purification. Yeah. No, that's huge. Yeah, nobody wants to sit in it. Nobody wants to sit in it. Help me, help me out. And a lot of my clients <laughs> in, will call and say, I just don't feel so good, and I just this, and it's just so hard. Good. Yeah. Notice that. Yeah. Sit in that, and don't run from it. Right. Um, I mean, you were put in a situation on the hospital bed where how can you run from it? I couldn't. You know, but the breath and then just even knowing that everybody can learn how to breathe. You don't have to wait till you're on a deathbed. How do we get that? How do we get that gift? You know? Pain can be a gift. It is. It is a gift. Yeah, and pain is a sensation, and, and you know, here in the realm of duality, we like to label everything and throw it in, into either good, bad, right, wrong, black, white. Right. It's the realm of duality. Yeah. And so, if we can take the label of good, bad, pain, pleasure off, we can say, here are sensations. So pain doesn't have to be a bad thing. Pain could also be called intensity. Mm. And this intensity is making me feel uncomfortable. Mm. So instead of saying, shit, I'm uncomfortable. How can I numb it? We can say, huh, let me follow this thread. What is it telling What's me? uncomfortable about this? Yeah. How can I lean into this uncomfortable, this, this uncomfortable situation? And I heard a yogi say recently, find comfort Seek comfort in the discomfort. Right. How can you seek comfort in your discomfort? And for me, when I peel that, I mean, that's kind of like a thing that I could just say and let people ruminate on that. But also, what I, in my experience, when I seek comfort in the discomfort, it comes all the way back to I am infinite essence in an animal body mm -hmm. and this animal body is always seeking to survive and it's seeking comfort yeah. right and so how can I support mm. this animal body because just my spirit saying hey I'm infinite and hey this is an illusion that's not so reassuring to my animal body yeah my animal body's like, fuck you, this hurts. Uh-huh. I'm hungry. I'm this, I'm that. I wanna win. <laughs> and so <laughs> I wanna kick that person. <laughs> how can I support my animal yeah. body with nourishing self-care practices instead of self-destructive or you know, even if I think I'm helping my animal body through the discomfort by taking a shot and making the pain go away for a couple hours, hmm. am I nourishing my animal body? Mm -hmm. No. Oh, yeah. And so we have to get really, we have to look with critical mind at how am I supporting the animal body having a human, an uncomfortable experience. Yeah. Spirit warrior, man. So and, it's and warrior work. Yeah. And imagine if you were born into a tribe of warriors that taught you from day one how to be with uncomfortable experiences and hold them as sacred rites of passage. Yeah. Instead of 
being born into a world that says, hey, uncomfortable experience. Here's a million ways to numb it and not feel it. Because A, human, we'd rather that you're half asleep and zombieing through life because we can use you as a resource easier that way. Yeah, yeah. Be productive for me. For me, right. Yeah, yeah. It's huge. Especially, I think... I mean, leaving behind like these huge corporations in the world and the enterprise of money, us, us in our families, even as parents, you're so out of touch. You, you resolve everything for your kids. Mm. Oh, this hurts. Let me fix it. Oh, I yeah. forgot to do my homework. I'll do it for you. Oh, well, let me do this. Oh, I'll take the shoes. You forgot your backpack? Let me bring it. Little, little details yeah. that just encourage not being in a situation where like, oh, dude, um... This feels uncomfortable, and um, never mind, like, I, I should remember my stuff, I'll, you know, like, the educating of responsibility, whatever. We do need to be responsible beings, I get that. But what I'm getting at is the point of when your kid gets in a fight or when something goes wrong, just allowing them to sit in it. Does that feel shitty? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel bad. You can right. sit there for half an hour and just process it. Where do you feel it in your body? Where do you feel? You're crying... Where do you feel that? On my chest, on the back of my neck. And these concepts are so foreign to most, at least for yeah. most of the people I'm hanging out with. Yeah. I mean, I have my different groups as I'm growing into different realms yeah. of society. Oh my God. Um, but that's my story. We're here to talk about ears. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, how can we allow even our kids to be okay with not being okay all the time? As a parent, okay with like, my kid doesn't like me right now. Mm. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, it's all right. It's hard, especially teenagers. I love them, and I have to just be like, they're not, I don't own them. Right. They don't owe me any kind of like 100% all the time love and pamper. I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah. So, yeah, this is very, this is so fun. I know. (laughs) We're just philosophizing here. But it's, you know, it's, I think it's very healing, and I thank you for. Just for the courage to just stand up and talk about it without for sure. Really giving a dang about what people say. Yeah. Because this is more important than what people say. Right? It is. And, you know, like sharing on social media, I had this moment where I was like, I'm gonna share this. Mm-hmm. And I started to share it and I started to share vulnerably and I shifted from being a person who's like really edited about what I would share on social media prior, you know, to being like, nah, I'm just going to keep it really real. Yeah. Um, and it was for many reasons. One was, well, shit, if I do die, I would like to have this documented for anybody who, who could use it. Two, I'd like to document this just for me to watch my journey. Three, I'm getting downloads. I'm getting transmissions, and not to say I'm some freaking spiritual guru. I'm saying that I am infinite source like everyone else in a human body, and I've, by by the grace of magic, of spirit, of source, of mm-hmm. God, that I was able to tap into the current. Mm-hmm. And when I receive transmissions, I share them. And so I'm sharing my vulnerable process. I'm sharing all those things that I would probably be ashamed to share before. I'm sharing pictures of me looking tore up. And I'm sharing 
words that express deep, raw, vulnerable stuff. And what's so interesting is that, you know, I get a lot of different kinds, very wide spectrum of response. Some people are like, dude, I can't even look at your posts. It's like too intense. Mm. Like it's just too much to people who are like, oh my God, thank you. Like Mm -hmm. you're being real. It's so refreshing. Mm -hmm. Or, oh my God, my mom was just diagnosed and like reading your stuff is helping me kind of understand the process that she's going to go through. Yeah. Um, and so every time I make a post on social media, I pray before it. Yeah. And I, and I say, you know, I'm may this reach through the multiverse, everyone and anyone, you know, who needs the medicine. I don't want to hold it just for yeah. me. And people need the medicine. Yeah. I think, you know, there's like this consciousness, like a movement. People are just sick of it. Not all, of course, you know, but, but, um, but yeah, I, I definitely think it's a benefit. It's your medicine to the world, you know? And I mean, I'm a no bullshit person. I mean, I've fallen in it and got to get out, fallen yeah. in it, got to get out, right? Oh, my God. What was I thinking? Part of the journey. Yeah. No judgment. Yeah. There's space for it all. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to thank you for for what you're doing on social media. And I want to tell everyone to follow you, mm, thank you. at Golden Awakening yeah. on, on Instagram. Instagram. And thank you for being here. I think we're going to have to just come back and talk more. Okay. Because... I don't know. Do you want to say anything else before we... Yeah. Um, well, I would like to just speak to the person that's listening to this and just let you know that in any moment that you are feeling that <clears throat> pain of being human, that you are not alone in what you're mm-hmm. experiencing and that you have this resource within you that the truth of who you truly are is indestructible, infinite love. Right. And that you are experiencing a hard time in your animal body on this planet and that to anchor in to your truth and that you are so deserving to experience what needs you have in your animal body to be fulfilled and that you are deserving of nourishment and you are deserving to thrive and that your soul came here on a sacred mission. Mm -hmm. You are not just here in vain to be a robot or somebody's servant. You are here with a holy purpose. And your hard time is by divine design and it's calling you home into yourself so the uncomfortable thing is calling you home and if you could find the courage to sit in the fire of purification you will have everything distilled down to your essence so remember the preciousness of this moment of being in this body and you know, throw your arms around yourself and give yourself a kiss and give yourself the love that you are so longing for and that you so deserve. Thank you. Yeah, thank yes. you. 
Thank you guys for listening to Tales of Recovery. We'll see you next time.